jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got to the best So I keep now, y'all treading water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And navigating these drafts is cathartic, so Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 33 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Jerry Dawkins. Join with me as always are the guys from Any Given Pod, Billy Beeman and Josh Goldberg. How are you guys doing? Good man. Was good. Yeah, chilling. Chilling. Yeah. What? Second day of spring. So, weather here's been, well, it's always pretty nice, but it's been like really, really amazing. So, yeah, you lucked out. You luck out, bro. We, it was, it's like, it's been nice here, though. It has been pretty nice the past couple of like days or a week or so. The mornings have been really nice. Yeah. But then it gets like 80, 90, and it's just like, eh. uh, that's too much. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's not great here uh it's it's basically there there's no break it just goes summer <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> you get two days of winter and then summer the other 363 days yeah uh, it could be worse you could be in like uh, montana or something but yeah or minnesota <laughs> yeah, it's minnesota. yeah don't you know <laughs> don't you know <laughs> <laughs> don't you Oh man, you know, mostly it's fantasy football. There's there's a huge fantasy uh, community like in the Midwest, so like we just like alienated like eighty percent of anybody who's going to listen. Well, to isn't that isn't that where the uh, fantasy football expo is? Uh, yeah. in the Midwest, the Midwest, yeah. not not in yeah. Minnesota, but Midwest. It yeah. used to be the yeah. Midwest fantasy football expo, but I guess this year it's just the fantasy football expo. All right, let's hop into some news and nonsense. So there's been some signings, I think, since we last talked. Um, one of the biggest ones would be Galladay. Uh, he got a pretty big bag to go to the Giants. Um, got a four-year you, deal. Yeah. yeah. How do you guys feel about that in general? I don't hate it. It was down to either the Dolphins or the Giants, and I'd rather the Giants pay him that much money. <laughs> I like how everything first goes through a lens of the Dolphins' perspective for Josh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I think uh, probably from fantasy perspective, both those landing spots would have been kind of the same. I, I don't know. Like I, Kenny Galladay is 27 years old. I'm not super excited about him from a dynasty, you know, lens. It, it's not, you know, he, he's a guy I'm kind of trying to get away from if anything. And, and honestly, receivers on the giants haven't, <laughs> haven't really performed the way we, we expected or wanted them to for uh, fantasy purposes in a, in a while. Um, really not since OBJ. Yeah. And even he never really, you know, it was probably one, one or two years there where he, he did anything he wanted. And other than that, it was touchdown dependent and you weren't really, you were like, get a better quarterback, get a better quarterback. I mean, I remember it was always get him a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was always Eli's fault. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, they have a similar situation where Daniel Jones, you know, a lot of turnovers, not, not the best quarterback. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's better than I guess being in Detroit with golf. Maybe. I don't know if yeah. it's better. Maybe. I don't know. It's better than being in Detroit, I guess, but uh yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of it. How about you? What do you feel? What do you feel about it? I, I'm not a big fan about it either. Um, I do not have faith that Daniel Jones is actually good. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, you guys all know uh, Peter Howard probably, and sometimes when he writes about Daniel Jones, he'll he'll write Drew Locke instead. <laughs> and I thought it was a typo, so like I, I told him I was like, "Hey, you said Drew Locke." He's like, "You're the first one to catch it." Like he does it on purpose, which is hilarious because because I mean, really, what's the difference between the two? Yeah, not much. You're, not much. No, it, it's the, the only difference is that Daniel Jones can run a little bit faster and trip over himself. Trip over himself, yeah, eighty yards down the field. So, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not super high on Galladay there. Um, just, just for the reasons you said, like none of the which receivers there have been super fantasy relevant for any length of time. Why would Galladay be any different? Maybe he's better than the receivers they've had in the past, but I, I just don't know. With Daniel Jones and the Clapper, Jason Garrett as the OC, I still don't. I'm not. I'm not excited about it. Yeah, I, if we're looking for positives here, they're getting uh, Saquon Barkley back. You know, they're retooling their defense a little bit this year. They're, you know, 
they were trying to get Kyle Rudolph there. So they're trying to do some things and, and improve the offense and already have obviously with, with Galladay there. But like I said, getting, getting, you know, getting a guy like Saquon back is going to help that receiving core a ton, obviously. And with a weapon like him, maybe it changes things a little bit for Daniel Jones and they get it together, but that's just obviously none of us <laughs> sound or are very confident that that's going to happen. No. So next thing I want to ask is, you know, is Kenny Galladay the next Diggs or Hawkins? You know, we always, in the past, we've always been like, hey, you know, wide receivers that go to a new team typically don't perform so well, right? Their opportunity share goes down, their target share goes down. Typically, their targets go down just a little bit. It has nothing to do with opportunity, right? It's really more about uh, uh, skill. So Diggs is very skilled route runner. He's very good receiver. We've seen it happen before. Hopkins, same thing. He's really, really good. I don't know. We've seen flashes from Galladay, but we haven't really seen that. I was just saying, how much of that is quarterback play and how much of that is his ability? Yeah, and I think to Josh's point, okay, so we've seen DeAndre Hopkins perform just as well as he's performed with a good quarterback with terrible quarterback play. But uh, hey, so, he's only worth a second rounder. Remember that. <laughs> true. <laughs> if you're Bill O'Brien. Um, we, we've seen we've seen Stefan Diggs succeed in any situation he's been in so far um, and excel when he's excel. given the, the lead role. Right. Even even when he wasn't in the lead role, he was he was, you know, we thought he was one of the best route runners in the league, one of the best receivers. Now, Galladay, I mean, he's he's good at what he does. He's a he's a good receiver. Obviously, he has that top 12 potential. I mean, I think he's gotten there one year, but he's never been able to succeed in really tough situations with really bad quarterback play the same way these other guys have. So I'm not looking at it that way. Like this is going to be the next, uh, the next Stefan Diggs or something like that. That's definitely not what I'm, I'm expecting here. I'm expecting, you know, some struggle with a new system on a new team. Um, and, and I, I just, I really, I don't know. It, it's obvious. There's obviously some, some um, more mouths to feed there too. Sterling Shepard. Uh, what's the other one I'm not thinking of? Slayton, uh, Evan yeah, Ingram. Yeah, Evan Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram. If, take one for a couple passes. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, the volume there, it, we'll see what happens. We're not exactly sure how they're going to use him. So th- it doesn't excite me. I mean, a four-year deal from Dynasty perspective, you know where he's going to be for the rest of his career from on your Dynasty team, your Dynasty yeah. career. I mean, you kind of know where he's going to be, which is, I guess, you know, some certainty there is nice, but – um, for me, it's more time to sell Galladay than anything. Uh, you and I have him in our Debbie league and, and I told you, I was like, let's, let's sell him. Uh, yeah. you know, and I think it's perfect. It's a guy who's going into what looks like a more certain situation. And there's some guys out there with some uncertainty. And I think you can, uh, take advantage of that, exploit it. Um, so let me just ask you guys, so we talked about it a little bit before we officially started, but, um, news broke today that, uh, the New York Giants medical team was not happy with Kyle Rudolph's physical supposedly a foot fracture or something <clears throat> excuse me so if he doesn't end up signing who do you think will benefit the most will it be evan ingram will it be sterling or do you think it'll be Galladay? i honestly i don't know if it matters that much i i don't know if they were looking to bring kyle rudolph in to be like this huge part of their offense to begin with so i mean at least for me i wasn't really taking into account that he was there in the first place right or wrong you know yeah sure yeah, I'm, I'm i definitely side with your eye on that but if i had to give an answer it's evan ingram uh i think i think we were all like you know with this signing evan ingram's definitely dead in the water they're gonna start you know looking elsewhere moving on whatever it is um i think that was just kind of the narrative that was gonna that was kind of getting out there from that signing not that it was like uriah said I, I agree with him i don't think it mattered as much though honestly because it was just like bring a body in here at the position who you know a vet um but yeah, I think Evan Ingram would benefit the most from from that. Okay. All right, next one, Juju. Uh, he signed back with Pittsburgh on a one-year deal. Um, I think this one is kind of just one of those things we didn't really see happening either. I thought, I think as a community, most of us in general assumed Juju was going to be gone. I think he even said so himself, like that he was planning on moving on. So maybe he just wants to run it back one more year. Maybe Ben has just one more year left in him. And so he's going to wait it out or maybe wait it out for next year when there's more money. I don't really know. Kind of surprised by it. How do you guys feel about it? Um, I was a little surprised, especially after I, I want to say it was a tweet. It either was a tweet or an Instagram post that he posted 
asking people, should he go back or not, pretty much. And like 89% said no, and he agreed with it. I, I am shocked, but that also kind of goes to show you that the uh, wide receiver market might be watered down this year, especially with the cap situation being what it is. So maybe he felt his best bet was to run it back one more year with Big Ben and the offense that he's or that he grew up in, and then get a payday next offseason when the Caps should balloon up by twenty to thirty million dollars. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's what you guys are saying. Obviously, he felt this is the most secure situation for him to come back and perform well. I think that that has to be what it was because he had an opportunity. We we already know what his other opportunities were. There was a couple one-year deals. One was with KC, which is obviously the most enticing for about the same money. I think it was just a little bit less. Uh, that that's where I think you'd want to go, get a shot at a ring, and then still get paid if you if if you're confident in your skills and you're good. Then that's that's what you do. But uh, he, I guess he, you know, he thought again, like he's going to get the numbers here, and then he can get paid in the off season, See, uh, this your, coming off season. So your point though, it actually makes my view on Juju alter a little bit. Because I always view Juju as the ring chaser, the showboater, almost like an OBJ kind of. But now that the fact he went back to Pittsburgh instead of going to Kansas City, where the money was about the same, like you said, it it just switches my perspective on him a little bit that maybe he isn't just about ring chasing. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I mean – yeah that doesn't necessarily play into my rankings that much but uh, <laughs> i mean no i mean maybe if that if that if you think he's more of a stable asset because of that that's then then that does play into you know your rankings so be it like i get that i feel like this year juju might be more valuable in redraft leagues than in a dynasty league i don't know i mean i'm actually i'm kind of looking into juju a little bit more and i haven't always been a fan but he's so young and his value is dropping so low at this point that i think it's kind of hard not to like go after a couple of shares and see if you can get them for, you know, a, a couple pennies on the dollar or whatever it is, oh, or 50 course. cents on the dollar, you know? I'm also very curious to see the target shares between him and um, Claypool. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and Deontay Johnson. Yeah. That too. It should be kind of similar to last year. I would think. Yeah. The, Peter Howard actually did a really great pod. Uh, I dropped today on Juju Smith-Schuster and um, he talked a lot about how he basically got like a really high target share, but really low um, ADA. And he was like really, just really efficient in like a really strange role where it was like, he was getting a lot of targets in a really small area, but performing really well at those targets. Um, and I think he's going to be used the same way for some reason. They think that's the best way to use him because probably because he's really talented. And this is kind of what Peter was saying. Um, and anybody should go listen to his pod. I'm not trying to, you know, whatever, but um, I think it's it, to the point, to the point is like, I, you know, I think those other guys might, um, I, sorry, to your rise point, I think it's going to be the same target share. They're going to use them the same way. And those other guys are going to see the same kind of targets. Now, really quick before we move on, the guys we just talked to back to back, just round table it. Who would you rather have dynasty Galladay or Juju? Juju. And see, this is different than like maybe four months ago, I would have won Galladay. So I there's something there, there's something happening there uh, with just values. And we're actually going to look into it a little bit later in this, in this episode. But there's something happening with Juju that right now is making it to where I kind of I like this because we, there was some uncertainty about where he's going to go. Okay, we know where he's going to be for one year. With Ben, doing what Ben does, quick release, that's fine. But it's only a one-year deer, and he's still really, really young. That leads me to believe I could have one year for sure at Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's why. I mean, if and to answer your question, Billy, that's the main reason I would pick Galladay over Juju is just because of Big Ben's shoulder. Okay. But yeah, my answer is Juju, definitely. For sure, and and I think I mean I think we yeah like you said we know where he is for one year, and the prospect of him going somewhere different was already enticing and. He, and we know he's not stuck with a quarterback in Pittsburgh because he's not on a long-term deal there. So exactly. while, while that's a concern, obviously, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's not really for Juju uh, or, or his dynasty uh, managers. So, All right, moving on. Next one is another guy that ended up going back to his team, Chris Carson, signed back with Seattle. I think like a three- or four-year deal, something like that. Uh, again, just another kind of shocker. I thought he would be somewhere else, just like I thought Aaron Jones would be somewhere else. Um, 
you know, I, I, I like it for Chris Carson. Uh, I've said plenty of times on here that like, I have always faded him. I probably still will for whatever reason, but uh, I, I think it's a better, as good a spot as any. How do you no, guys feel about it? I mean, I, I like Carson in Seattle. It's just, I don't know. In my opinion, they haven't had the, the most success running the ball. So I don't know if they need some more upgrades on their O-line or what, but I would not be surprised if they bring in another running back before the end of the offseason. Hmm. Uh, I mean, they have a couple there. They got Penny and somebody else there too. So, I mean, that, that room is going to be full. And now they have their back for the next couple of years. I, if I asked you like three or four months ago where Carson Juju and Aaron Jones would be, sure as hell wouldn't tell me the teams that they were on. Yeah. So I think that's no. funny. I would tell you probably Juju and Aaron Jones would be with the Dolphins, to be completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess you're happy they're not because you get some youth in there. So um, Carson, Carson in Seattle is great for Carson. I, yeah. I, I Honestly, like I was souring on him because I didn't think he was going to be back there this year. And you know, I, I knew, if he wasn't there, it was going to be hard for me to see where he'd go and be a workhorse, right? But this is, he's going to get, if healthy, 200 plus carries and closer to probably 250, which is what you want. That's, and he's going to get pass catching work. So he's right up there in the top 12 conversation easily with, for running back for the next two years. You could probably get him on a discount. Uh, everybody's scared of the injury stuff, but uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I'm, I don't like injured players much. If you've ever listened to me, and I don't know, he doesn't, he doesn't give me that vibe. And I, you know, if you look back, I mean, he had last year, he had a rough time, but it was also the year it was like they kind of just gave him the the rest. I think he would have played through a lot more. It would have looked a lot different. Um, and honestly, it was a terrible injury he suffered. So for him to come back the way he did was pretty impressive. Uh, I, I think that he's going to be pretty solid for you know two three years and that's what you're looking for for dynasty i'm excited about it i, I agree all right next one uh which i don't really care too much about but aj green is with the cardinals um i don't even know if he would get a deal to be honest um it's a i believe it's a one year six million with like three or four guarantee or something i just i threw it on the sheet just because it came out of left field I never would have predicted this one. The kind of wide receiver room they have, like he could not even be on the roster by yeah. uh, training camp or, you know, start a season, whatever it is. Well, so, I agree if he didn't have so much guaranteed. Like I said, I believe he has $3 million guaranteed. Oh, there is $3 million guaranteed. Okay, I so he'll, 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 yeah, he'll probably be there. It makes me think that Larry Fitzgerald is gone. None of this really matters. I mean, don't go out there trading for A.J. Green because he's a Cardinal. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. It was a one-year deal worth $8 million with $6 million guaranteed. So he'll definitely be on that roster. He'll, he'll be on the roster. But, yeah, that's uh, – it's a weird, it's a weird signing. I mean, maybe they're hoping for to to re you know regain some magic there or something. I don't know. I don't know. He didn't look very good last year. I was gonna say I almost feel like his last two years were just throwaway years for him. Yeah. The injuries and everything. Playing like trash. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he had but, a lot of drops. Hey, we'll, see what, we'll see what Murray, uh, Kyler Murray, could do with him. I mean, who knows? He might have a bounce back year. But I don't. I personally don't think he is. I think he'll go out there. He'll draw some coverage away from um DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean the best advice I can, Yeah, the, the best advice <laughs> I think we can give anybody is is sell AJ Green as fast as you can. Yeah. Or if you know if you have him in the, in the season and he does any kind of anything with them, I mean sell him. Sell yeah. him quick. Get rid of him as fast as possible. Yeah. All right. The next one, uh Mike Davis to Atlanta. Um I don't, I don't think Mike Davis is going to be a starter. I fully expect him to add to that running back room through the draft. Personally, I do have Mike Davis. Well, I think we have Mike Davis on our Debbie roster. So I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe there's a chance, but he's not really, he's not. Oh yeah. Not a, he's not a one a, Oh, there's a chance to be used yeah. as a trade piece. Yeah. yeah there's, there's a chance. Is. There's a chance. Yeah. No, I mean, to be honest, I think. Oh, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't even fucking know. I think they'll bring a veteran. I don't. I can't see Atlanta drafting a running back at least high. I mean, they might go after G- uh, Gainwell or something in the later round, but they need to get their quarterback for the future and let him build behind Mike Ryan. So, yeah. So I, Mike Davis is interesting. When we were having the uh, debate in the uh, DFF chat uh, today, and we were we were talking a little bit about Mike Davis once he signed, and we were just like. You know, a couple of people are, you know, one person was like, 
uh, Mike Davis is, you know, Mike Davis to the moon. And I was like, dude, he's 28 years old. <laughs> like Mike Davis is 28 years old. Mike Davis ain't nowhere to the moon in a dynasty league. Okay. But uh, I think this is definitely, I mean, his value spiked here. He's, you know, he, he's going to be the one a one B of whatever they're doing this year. I agree that they're going to bring in a vet. I was looking if they were going to draft somebody, but they don't have the capital to do it this year, especially high. So, yeah, I think something like what Josh said, you know, somebody late, I don't know, maybe Gainwell maybe will be late. That or even, I mean, I honestly could even see them bringing in Duke Johnson. Yeah, something like that. Absolutely. I could see them doing something like that and running a two-headed monster. But uh, from a from a dynasty perspective, I, I definitely, you know, this is a expiring asset. You You probably couldn't get anything for him prior to this. Now, if you can get a late second and early third, I mean, that, like, you will not be able to get that after everybody finds out that he is not going to be anything ever. So, <laughs> I mean, I do got to say, though, he did put up respectable numbers in replace of uh, that, last year. And that's great, but that doesn't matter because, yes, okay, if your team is going to win next year, maybe he's valuable to you or maybe he, he – not even valuable to you, but maybe he gets you some points that contribute to your team winning the, the championship. But from a dynasty perspective, if you're not that – a contender then why is he on your team and why do you not have an extra third round pick this year like i you know what i mean i there's no reason because he's never going to get in your lineup like that he's never you, you don't want him to be the guy that you need to put in your lineup let me put it that way you want better assets um and i like mike davis mike davis is a really 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 talented football player and he's actually a really good asset for any nfl football team that this is not the point the point is, is that he's just not a really good fantasy asset I'm going to write the article on this guy probably. Awesome. Yeah. I think he uh, wasn't, he, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong, but I think he was on the uh, bears roster the year that they drafted Montgomery. Right. Then he got shipped off to Carolina and he had a good year last year when uh, McCaffrey was hurt, but it's kind of, that's the offense there, right? The mm-hmm. Atlanta offense and what they're trying to do in Carolina is completely different. So yeah, uh, Bridgewater is a whole lot different than Matt Ryan is. Yeah. So, he, yeah. He's a career backup. And yeah, and he's just not going to get the same opportunity he got last year. It's just not going to happen. To be honest, I really kind of expected um, the Panther. I know we're skipping around here for a minute, but I expected the Panthers to sign Mark Ingram. Mainly because of the Joey Brady Saints connection there. But mm. it, yeah, I don't think that always. Same sign with uh, Houston. Houston is, dude, Houston has a plan. They are hoarding all running backs coming to the age of 30 or over the age of 30. Okay. Approaching 30 or over 30. That's their plan. All right. And uh, Houston doesn't have a plan. Let's be real. <laughs> they haven't had that plan in years. They're fucking terrible, dude. <laughs> yeah, they are. But uh, the moral of the story is Mike Davis te- right now, technically today does have some value. Get what the hell ever you can for it. I am doing some best balls on uh, underdog fantasy, by the way, great app. Check them out. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing some best balls on there. And today uh, he was going in like the fourth and fifth round. I'm like, that is not smart. That's not very Mike Davis ain't going to be it, guys. Don't no. waste your fourth round. Not Best redraft. Pick on him. Not so. redraft, not dynasty, not nothing. Don't. You don't need a running back that bad. Yeah. So. No. All right. Uh, the next news, Will Fuller to Miami. I know Josh is probably going to love to talk about this one. He's on a one-year deal. Um, he still has, what, one game left on his suspension for PED? One game left on suspension. Um, he had his first media interview today with the Miami uh, sports reporters. And he said he wanted to come to Miami and sign a one-year prove-it deal because he wants to be with Miami long-term, but he wants to prove to Miami that he could stay healthy, come off the suspension strong and everything. I don't hate the signing at all. Um, I think this now will preclude us from selecting a wide receiver with the number three pick. I think more likely we'll trade down with Atlanta to four and then pick up Pitts. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I could see that happening. Why not? I mean, I'd hate that for my Gusecki shares, but, you know. I, I just think they're going to run, run a lot of 12 men. So, I mean, I think they'll both get heavy usage because Pitts could do it all. So, it's a lot of value to give up off an offense. Yeah. Like of weapons that early. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I yeah. mean, they have, a, they, have a ton, they have a ton of picks. So, they can definitely do it. <laughs> I, there's so many different directions the Dolphins could go this year. And, that includes trading away most of our picks for Deshaun Watson if it ends up happening. Um, we didn't talk about that. Deshaun Watson, I think he's up to 16 cases now. Jeez. They're all See, so what's crazy. Is, it's not is, criminal. 
I know, but last week we and, talked about. And it came out today that unsol- that masseuses had unsolicited contacted Deshaun Watson's lawyers to say how professional he's always been and how he's been nothing but a pure gentleman. They're already poking holes in these accuser stories. I get it. I do have some questions though. I'm, I'm not a legal analyst, um, but I will, I will play one. Um, <laughs> he's been in Houston for how many, how many masseuses does a guy go to in like three or four years? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Well, okay. Uh, okay. Wouldn't think you only have like one or two that you go but to? No, but in, like legitimately think about this, you're a professional football player, a quarterback. You're used to getting, let's say bi-weekly massages from your, your team sports, physical, your, um, your, your club sports physical team. That's two a week. I mean, it adds up. Yes, I think it is a little weird that he did it this way, but I don't know. I mean, I'm letting this one play out before I really make any judgments just because there's already been a lot of red flags and some holes poked in the story. Yeah, like value-wise, you just got to you just gotta hold them and don't touch them and just wait. That's what you do, Dynasty. But yeah, it's a mess. The whole fucking thing's a mess. You just got to see what happens. It, it sounds... It sounds like it's like a con job, but you can't ever say that because you have no idea and you could have done it. So uh, just just wait I mean, and see. It, it, it's also not good that the attorney approached Watson before they went public and demanded $30,000. Nope. All that stuff looks really bad. Yeah, <laughs> like that, that, that stuff doesn't look good for them. But, um, no, but like, like back to Fuller. Um, yes. I think as long correct. as he's able to stay healthy, I think he'll be a great uh, play opposite uh, Devontae Parker. Because we know Preston, I love Preston Williams. Everybody knows that, but unfortunately, he just does not see. He's like Mike Fuller. He's unfortunately not able to stay healthy. Nice, I like that one, Mike Fuller. Mike Fuller, add it to the list. Done, <laughs> dude. You, 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 it's like a, a content machine on its own. It's great. I know. I love it. I love it. Uh, no, but all right. So Will Fuller, yeah, he's twenty six years old. If he could ever stay healthy, I mean, maybe he'd do something one year deal. Doesn't really excite me. I'm not a Will Fuller guy, though. Uh, yeah. I don't like paper mache hamstrings. Not, I'm just gonna stay away. Uh, yeah. But th- this is this is good for. I think it's good for him though. He's the, he's the deep threat there now. Uh, you know, I mean, Devontae Parker, I guess, is some competition, but like he is their their deep threat. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Just a little tidbit. I was going through uh, looking at. I don't know why hand size for wide receivers, and I noticed that uh, Will Fuller had like eight and a quarter inch hands. Tiny, tiny. They're smaller than Goss. Tiny little hands. Oh uh, my yeah. god! Shout anyway. out, shout out at Rookie Whisper. He like <laughs> DFF uh, a buddy, a writer at DFF who always he, he was coming in today. He's like, I need Rondell Moore's hand size. I need the yeah. hand size. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with it too with wide receivers. Like there is there is some correlation there between. See, I don't really know if it's about uh, height because the taller you are, probably the bigger your hands are. There's definitely right? some of right. That. So like yeah. there's. Taller receivers have had uh, more luck in the NFL than shorter receivers. So yeah, maybe but also big hands help you catch the ball. So it's that's like what I'm a, saying. Yeah, yeah. It is. A, there is well, something again, to do. They're wearing gloves made of glue, so anybody should be able to catch anything. No, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's something there. Anyways, he's got tiny hands, but yeah. All right, some other news. Real gloves quick, are talk- made of glue. Oh my goodness, this isn't the '80s, dude. They aren't fucking putting glue on their hands or stick them. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I don't mean literal glue. I'm just saying those gloves are so fucking sticky that anything coming their way, they should be able to fucking grab. <laughs> yeah, well, try catching from a fucking NFL quarterback who's slinging that thing like 70 miles an hour over a 15 yard fucking distance. Come on. All right, just one last thing I want to say about Watson is I did see a trade go down. Uh, someone was wondering on Twitter if this was, you know, collusion or whatever. It was Baker Mayfield for Deshaun Watson straight up. And if I'm the Deshaun Watson owner right now, I'm doing that like nine times out of ten. So just for the certainty or uncertainty behind Watson. So trading Watson for Baker straight up. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, you know where Baker's going to be for a while, and I mean Deshaun. I mean Deshaun's obviously the the better. Like he he would be. If he has a starting job, he's probably going to finish ahead of Baker almost every time, though. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be a tough one. Again, like I'd probably hold it, dude. I'd probably just hold it. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't make a deal right now. Like I don't like that at all. I don't like giving that up. And then Deshaun Watson like goes to the Patriots or something, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> dynasty revived. Like, yeah. So you guys I, don't have you. You don't have the assets for that. 
See, I, I get, I do get into trouble though doing this thing where like, I, and I said this in an episode or two where I like to see the situation play out before I make the move. So you lose a lot of value there because like, you know, right now Deshaun's value is obviously low. You trade Baker straight up, you know, like that, that's, that's a little lower. Um, so I don't know. I, I could be wrong on this. Well, that's all the news. Oh yeah. Philip Lindsay went to Houston, but we don't need to talk about it. Yeah. Cause that yeah. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All right, so uh, what I thought would be kind of fun to do, uh, a lot of these guys we talked about before. So what we do is, generally speaking, hey, this guy went here. How does it? How do you think this affects you know his value? Do you like a landing spot? Whatever. I was like, well, let's actually look at what real life has actually gone on with these people's these players' values. So uh, you went to Dynasty Trade Calculator. People use it a lot, probably because it's really simple and easy and cheap, and it's a good baseline. DTC, shout out DTC. Yeah. So I went and I looked at Galladay. Galladay got traded to the Giants. I wanted to see, okay, you know, me personally, I feel like his value is less to me now that he's there, but how does everybody else feel? So I looked and on DTC, they have him as a 21.8 and rising, which means that after the news broke, after he did get traded or after he signed there in free agency, that his value has actually gone up a little bit. So now I want to ask you guys, here's some close, uh, value comps for Galladay and what would you guys prefer? So this is a 12 team super flex tight end premium. So that's what I like. So really quick, is that the settings for all the ones you're about to compare? Yes. Okay. Cause that's generally what I, I, I play. So, so you have, yeah, yeah. So you have a Galladay at 21.8, basically 22. So would you rather have Galladay or TJ Hawkinson? TJ Hawkinson's at 23.2. I honestly, I'd rather have TJ Hawkinson like pretty easily there. Tight end premium. This is a guy who could possibly be one, you know, like a, a Kelsey kind of type player, Mark Andrews, whatever you want, your top three guy. So, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm very surprised Mark Andrews' value is 22.6. All right. Well, just jumping right ahead, Josh. <laughs> who would you rather have, Hawkinson or, or Galladay? Hawkinson. Yeah, I think just for the age alone, I'd rather have Hawkinson. Uh, sure. Hawkinson's only 23. Galladay is going to be, you know, dynasty dead in a couple of years. So uh, the next one on the list here is Mark Andrews, 22.6. A little bit closer to Galladay's value. Tight end premium. What would you guys rather have? Mark Andrews? Mark. Yeah, I want Mark Andrews. Yeah, I'll take, I mean, I'll take Mark Andrews, especially with his valuation being what they're saying it is. Same here. I totally agree. Uh, next on the list is Austin Eckler. He's 25 with the value of 22.4. Would you rather have Austin Eckler or Galladay? Galladay all day. Eckler fucked me. <laughs> Someone holds a grudge. Well, Eckler didn't fuck me, but I would rather have Galladay in the situation. Uh, I, I've never been an Austin Eckler guy. Um, it's more, I just don't think there's any long-term value with Eckler. I mean, maybe this year he's good, but I think Galladay will probably give you the same kind of production, if not better. Um, yeah. And I don't really, personally, I don't really care what the values are. Um, when I use DTC, I mean, the values are arbitrary. It, it, it could be, it could be 123 to 122.6. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it could be anything for me. Like it's more for me. It's like, all right, like, what is like a general baseline for like these guys? It's more like what's around there. And then it's more like tiers in my opinion. That's kind of how I put it. It's like, okay, these guys are all in a similar tier range and whatever. So, and I do this also most of the time so that like, I'm not what, if I'm not like, if I'm way off, then I got to like reset my, my like thought on it. I'm like, wait, 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 what am I missing? You know what I mean? But yeah, sorry. Continue. Oh, good. Uh, we'll just go to the, Latest pick they have here, yeah. they have the 105 as a value of 26. Galladay's 22. I'm gonna take I'm, I'm gonna take the 105 over easily, Galladay easily. Easily. Right. And, and again, I gotta reiterate, Gall Kenny Galladay is 27 years old. Like yes, the, he's on the precipice of of you know the peak of his peak. Uh, so you know and on this four-year deal probably end of his career with the giants uncertain situation with the quarterback it's just it's not i don't know i'd much rather the the 105 possibility at a quarterback right there this year that, that you might want or 
I mean, who knows Jamar Chase falls or Kyle Pitts falls to you, which by the way, I I've finished my rookie rankings and I can't get away from Kyle Pitts being in the top five. So good. He is so good. But overall, you know what I mean? Just top five overall, like it's Jamar Chase and then three quarterbacks and him that that's it. Like, I don't, there's no other way to like slice it in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I love it. And I totally agree. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. All right. Next one, we have Corey Davis. Corey Davis went to the Jets. I think we talked about it last week a little bit. His value on the calculator is basically 15 and dropping. So from the time that he signed, his value went down just a little bit, um, which I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't know if I agree with that. I kind of thought maybe it would go up a little bit more because maybe he'd be the dude there. But obviously, my opinion of what that landing spot did for his value is not what everybody else thinks. And it wasn't huge. Like it barely went, it barely dropped, but yeah. I mean, I, I personally like the landing spot. I'm a huge Corey Davis believer. Um, I think if they get a different quarterback in there that you'll see his value skyrocket. But again, but again, let me preface it with saying, we don't know what Sam Darnold could really do without, with a real court, a uh, real coach. Cause he's fucking had Adam Gase his entire career. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Corey Davis. I, it's funny, especially since the wide receiver market kind of has dried up at this point, you know, that there's not really much competition for him there. He's kind of the number one for now. And uh, you know, I mean, what Denzel Mims are, is that what we're worried about? Like, okay. I mean, I, I Denzel Mims is probably going to be decent, but again, I think Corey Davis, at least for the next year is going to be the number one. Um, I think it's a good spot for him right now. I, I think he's 26, pretty, pretty good age for for a guy in dynasty hey, he got he got paid he got his money i mean yeah I, I believe i said it last week but to be honest i i personally would have loved to have Corey davis on the dolphins yeah i i i think everybody's like likes Corey davis has just been you know on a team that doesn't pass the ball much and when they do they pass it to the better receiver on the team so how do you think Corey davis's target shares will affect mims or and Hernan uh, Hernan uh, her, I don't know what the hell Hernan's gonna do. I'm not very confident in Hernan anymore. But uh, I think it I think it's gonna be fine for Mims. I think this is perfect for Mims, honestly, because he's a young guy who's trying to come into his own. He, if he's good enough, he'll break out as the number one there. I mean, there's there's certainly enough targets to go to two guys on that team. There's not really much else there. Has Jamison Crowder signed back there? Because he's a yeah, he's still there. He's okay, still there. so I mean, so, yeah, uh, there's some of that, but I, I think I, I think it's going to affect um, Mims more than it would affect Crowder if they're there. But it, it's not. I don't think it's a big deal. Um, but yeah, let's get into yeah. the values. Let's talk some values. So this is again, this is Superflex twelve team Superflex tight end premium. It's cool because they have a quarterback here, and we play Superflex. Corey Davis fifteen, and they have Jared Goff at fifteen point two. Honestly, I'd, I'd take Jared Goff. That's crazy to me that Jared Goff yeah. is that low. Uh, I know that he's, you know, he's probably going to be replaced at some point, but he's definitely going to be a quarterback this year. Corey Davis, he, I mean, he's we've seen he, he he cannot be a dominant number one. That's just not what Corey Davis is. So um, if that's not what I'm getting out of Corey Davis, or at least that's not what I believe, then I'm going to go for Jared Goff. To my, in my opinion, Corey Davis is a perfect 1B, 2A. Like, yeah, but you know, in a super flex league, I'm, I'm kind of leaning yeah. the quarterback personally, especially when it's, when it's a, sorry, you're right. But when it's like a little bit older of a receiver, he's not old, he's 26, but when it's not like a 23 year old guy who still has a lot of potential. Yeah. What about you, Josh? First time going Corey Davis over golf, but. Okay. All right. The next one on the list is with the exact same value basically is Robert Woods. Would you rather have Robert Woods or Corey Davis? Davis. Go by Robert Woods. Yeah. Somebody go by Robert Woods. New quarterback, a guy who's gonna, you know, who who we know can throw the ball and support a couple a couple of receivers. I I'm surprised Robert Woods' value this, is this low. Um, I I mean, I, I I really think it's because of uh, Cooper Cup. He's been there though, and Robert Woods is yeah. Robert Woods and him both have had I think over 100 targets and plenty of catches and and I mean the only thing that Robert Woods doesn't have is touchdowns. That's yeah. his only problem. Every damn year, Robert Woods is criminally underrated. He always outperforms ADP. Um, usually gets a rushing touchdown or two. It, yeah, Robert Woods being valued per the calculator, the same as Corey Davis, it's kind of crazy. So I agree with you. Go buy Robert Woods. 
But yeah, Josh, you would prefer Corey Davis over Robert Woods? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Uh, next one is DJ Chark. This one's tough for me. Yeah. I just traded, I just traded um, DJ in one of my leagues. But I'm again, I'm going Corey Davis. Yeah, this is tough. I mean, age is playing a factor here for me. He's two years younger, and he's about to get Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback. That's really kind of – I'm just like, yeah, I'll take that instead of the Jets. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go with Chark, and I don't really like Chark that much, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I do like Chark. I liked him at LSU, and, you know, he's fast. He's big. I don't know. I've always liked him. Uh, I mean, I love that part about it. <laughs> I know he, just, you do. he just doesn't use it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he's going to have know. Trevor Lawrence. He's going to have Trevor Lawrence. And I think, uh, you know, I think we're going to, I think he'll have a better year this year. So I would take TJ Chark over Corey Davis. And then so rookie pick 108 is valued slightly higher than Corey Davis. What would you rather have, 108 or Corey Davis? Oh, the 108. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 108 also. And, yeah. And the fact that you can get like a, I mean, that looks like you can get like a top 12 pick easily for him uh, this year. And I would do that if you can. Um, yeah. I think if we drilled down more, it'd probably be sitting around like the 110, 111 would be like straight up for even. Corey Davis. Yeah. I think, I think you got to do that, buy back some years. And, you yeah. know, this wide receiver class is pretty good. So, yeah. It's interesting. The next one is going to be kind of fun because we talked about it. Would you rather have uh, Juju or Galladay? And scrolling back up here, Galladay. Has a value of about 22. Juju has a value of 17. So what I'm seeing here is you could buy Juju with Galladay and maybe even get like a little bit back. That's insane. Yeah, it is insane. I but I just don't know if that's realistic. So I like I'm just gonna say it. I want, I told Uriah this, I want to make this. Yeah, I want to move Galladay for Juju. That's what I want to do. Um, and I went straight to DTC and I was like, let me see where their values are sitting. And I was like, that can't be. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I don't think anybody's going to do that personally. I don't think anybody is going to trade you Juju plus for Galladay. And maybe I, maybe that's just me looking through my own lens and not seeing like what the actual value is because that's what DTC is saying. And that's, you know, ADP mixed with their ranking kind of thing. So I I don't know what to think about it, man. I really don't know, but I just don't think that's the truth. I don't think 21 to Juju 17 is the truth. No, I'm with you there. That, that's that's a pretty big value drop between the two. I think in real life, that's not really how anybody's going to value Juju. But if, but if you're in a league with somebody who like lives and dies by DTC, then this yeah, is perfect. That's, that's the thing. Again, look, I like I consider myself an analyst. At the very least, I'm a writer. You know, I look at this shit fucking day in and day out, and I have my own opinions pretty set in stone, you know, so a lot of people may be living and dying by the rankings, you may live and die by the rankings, our listeners may, you know what I mean, like, who knows, so like, you never know who you're playing with and what they what they use and how they value things. So like, again, I'm looking through my lens, and I'm really using that probably too much um, when I'm sending out these trades and, and trying to make them you know, super fair and stuff like that. That's why, like, I did not say, I did not send, like, a trade where it was Juju Plus for Galladay. I don't think it's going to get done. Yeah. Right, let's talk about the value here. So they have Juju at 17 and then David Montgomery at 18.2. Who would you guys rather have, Montgomery or Juju? So I'm going to go Juju only because I really like Tariq Cohen. And I think he's going to have a bounce back year this year, which will really cut into Montgomery's share. I love that take because I'm a huge, huge Cohen fan. He's one of those guys that like I have everywhere just because he's cheap and in PPR, he's amazing. So uh, I, I generally will lean the receivers in these situations. Um, they just have longer term value, especially at, at Juju's age. He's so young. Um, yeah. I just rather Juju. Yeah, me too. Me too. <clears throat> Next one's a little bit harder. Uh, they have Cortland Sutton at 17.8, Juju again at 17. Would you rather have Cortland Sutton or Juju? I'm going Juju just because I don't like the Denver quarterback situation right now. That's completely fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Billy? I don't know. That's really, really tough, man. Um, I think I'd take Cortland. 
And that's coming off the ACL. I know that sucks. And that's, yeah, that's tough. But I, I do like the, I, I like the build of receiver. He is, I like the big body number one style receiver. He's, he kind of proved to me that he could do it when he was healthy. He just hasn't had the receiver to really sustain it. And I agree, Josh, that's a, that's a really big concern. And Juju probably will have a better quarterback before Cortland Sutton does, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, this may be the wrong decision, but yeah, I think I'd go Cortland Sutton right now. Really? Yeah. Damn. Okay. It's close though. Yeah, it really is close. close. I, I think the age is only like maybe a year different. Uh, Cortland Sutton's twenty-five. I think Juju's. Is he? I think Juju's still no, twenty-four. He's wait. Cortland Sutton's really twenty-five. Yeah. I thought he was older than that. I thought he was twenty-six or twenty-seven to be honest. <laughs> no, but I mean, he was like my past wide receiver one in his class. Um, I love Cortland Sutton. Man, I think I'm gonna have to agree with Josh here. I like Juju just because I know what his quarterback's going to be at least for a year um, and his age. But I, I love Cortland Sutton. Like, I don't know. I would, I would never make the trade to swap these guys. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, interesting, though. All right, so the next guy on here is another quarterback. We play Superflex. Carson Wentz comes in at 17.5, Juju at 17. Who would you rather have, the quarterback or Juju? Personally, I'm 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 a slave I'm a slave to the quarterback in Superflex. I I gotta go the quarterback here. I was honestly going to go Carson Wentz also. Like, it's just yeah, there's just like he's too young, and if he bounces back, you have him in a good situation for too long for me to pass that up. And he's in the perfect position to bounce back. And obviously, I mean, this is you know your team makeup really matters in these situations. So I mean, if you you know, if you have, if you're loaded at receiver, it helps a lot to do this. If you're not, you know, maybe you can't do this kind of deal. Um, it just depends obviously, but you know, all things being equal, I think I'd like to take the shot of the quarterback. That's probably why you'd make that deal. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I would, I think I would take Wentz. Uh, I like him a whole lot more now that he's not an Eagle and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, wide receivers, they're easier to trade for. So if you could get a uh, starting quarterback for a Juju, you know, I say go go ahead and do it if you're playing super flex. A, a young quarterback still too, so. All right. Um, so picks. They have the 107 as valued at 20. And Juju's at 17. So probably realistically, we're looking more like maybe the 109. Would you rather have the 109 or Juju? I'd rather have Juju. Sorry, yeah. we're talking about the 107 or the 2020. Well, it would be the 2021 109 is probably closer to 17. They have 20 uh, points here for the 107. I was just trying to get it closer to what Juju's actually. So, to be honest, if it was the 2020 first mid that we have on here, I would pick that over Juju, but I do not like the 2021 class, so I'd probably pick Juju over either of those two picks. Okay. Sweet. Next one. I just feel this 2020 draft is really deep with multiple different positions. So I think, in my opinion at least, I'd rather gamble on this year and then maybe take a flyer in the late round next year or something. But, I mean, as I, we talked about before, I made some major moves to get Najee Harris and Devontae Smith. So we'll see. I hope those pay out for me. Oh, weird. You know, uh, I- I was a little confused listening to you, but yeah, the crap calculator actually brings up a 2020 first mid. And uh, obviously we can't trade for those anymore because <laughs> it's 2021 now. We'll have to reach out to the guys at DTC and let them know. All right. So the next one is Will Fuller. Um, we just talked about him. He went to Miami on a one-year deal. They have him as, they have him as a 14.4 points and rising, which means that after the signing, his value has gone up uh ever so slightly and here are some of the players so you have uh dj chark or will fuller who do you guys like personally fuller uh dj chark just younger less injuries um stabler asset uh, all of the above yeah i agree i'll take dj chark here as well next one's interesting uh michael pittman michael pittman 23 years old um, second year wide receiver in Indy or Will Fuller? Uh, That's tough. This is Michael Pittman for me. Again, similar reasons as before. 
probably yeah, similar yeah. reasons before. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Fuller because when he's on the field, he puts up points. And I mean, I hope Carson Wentz is able to come back from whatever was ailing him, but you don't know. So, in my opinion, Fuller is more of an almost uh, more of a guarantee to get you points than Pittman is. I like it. Um, I think I, I think I would definitely go Pittman here, just because I've never. I'm not. I'm still not a very big Fuller believer, just because of his injury history. And Michael Pittman very likely will be the alpha wide receiver there. Um, I know Carson Wentz is coming off a pretty bad year, and he may he may suck. Uh, we we won't know till after this year. But I think I would take Pittman here. I mean, Fuller's. If you went uh, a year ago, what Will Fuller's value is to what it is now, like it's probably gone up quite a bit. So I think right now it's probably a good chance to kind of cash out on a guy who's injured all the time and maybe. Uh, yeah. I also, I also feel that his PD suspension is messing with his ranking a little bit. It's possible. I mean, it, it's rising. I mean, uh, according to the calculator, people are valuing him higher. I kind of wish DTC let you go back to a previous date and look up what their ranking was then. Like if we could go back to last off season. It, I think they a, might have that in their history. Like in like, on, if you go on DTC, I think they have like a chart that shows their value over time. Um, it is. There's a little chart. A, yeah. Yeah. A graph. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I will fuller value rising. I mean, it makes sense. Cause he's going into a situation where he's going to get, more of like I think people think he's going to get more of the number one kind of looks there um, just because that's what they view him as if it wasn't for DeAndre Hopkins that's kind of the narrative you know but um yeah I think this I think you have you nailed it this is your time to cash out uh there's a couple there's a couple guys here I would rather have who are younger and don't have the injury history so at the next uh person on here that's a very similar value we've already talked about him but Corey Davis Corey Davis 14.9 will pull her Again, a 14.4. That one's tough. It is tough. I want to say Fuller, but I'd probably take Corey Davis. I'm going Corey Davis. Yeah, me too. And really quick, can I just point out that on DTC, the comparison for Fuller for pro comp is Mike Wallace, of all fucking people. (laughs) That's a funny one. Comps are hard. Comps Comps are so hard, yeah. Like comps are fun, but they don't mean anything. No, they don't. I was trying to come up with a, a good comp today. This is totally off subject, but I was trying to uh, Rondell Moore had his pro day today. Yeah. And it turns Four, out he's two nine. Yeah, he's five seven and not five nine. Like who gives a shit? But I was trying to like, who is he? Like, who would you comp him to? And I think like the I think the low hanging fruit is like Steve Smith. But uh <laughs> I, I like what Peter Howard Peter Howard actually was like, Yeah, uh, he's a a yoked up uh, Cole Beasley, and I'm like, I will take that all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Our um, our own DFFs own um, Dynasty Diagnostic on Twitter. He actually does like, you know, he has like a model that comps like players and shit like that. He's a fucking genius with numbers. The kid's ridiculous, but uh, he the, his things spit out like comps for Rondo Moore and there was only two of them like with all basically you know he takes all the metrics and like he also has some metrics that he created himself and whatnot and like you know spits out a model with that and it was Tyree Kill and uh, Tariq Cohen those were the two that was it nobody else so that's not terrible that's not terrible uh you know place to be it's not a terrible party to keep but um yeah we'll see what happens I mean honestly for me I like, I think I said before we hopped on here, I, you know, I finished up my, my rookie rankings for the most part, they can change and they will change obviously completely with landing spot, but pre-landing spot. Um, and Rondo Moore is in my top 10 overall. Like he's the second wide receiver I take and, really? Oh, a hundred percent dude. Like there's just, just the, the upside. And, and I mean, if he gets, if he gets round two draft capital or something like Some that, match. like, yeah. To the moon, like to the <laughs> fucking moon. Just out of curiosity, I obviously, no, I'm sure you don't have a high ranking on him, but where do you have Dwayne As- uh, Eskridge? Oh, I'd be howling at that moon if that man gets good draft capital. Um, All right, Dwayne Eskridge, I have him. Because I'm actually picking up a lot of shares of him in a couple. 20, 25th overall, but wide receivers. Um, 
he is my sorry uh, my ninth wide receiver overall so okay so it's not a bad pickup i got him in a couple later rounds so. no he's his issue is more like the uh, metric side of things because of his age he's just such an old guy and he didn't break out early and all that stuff so um he has that really against him which there's just not many cases where those guys break out there are cases so you know it happens but um and he's and he's just a fucking speed demon on the field so he's i like him a lot uh but and from a film perspective i'm sure i'm sure you've done it who's your pro comp with him oh i actually haven't i don't i i mean let me see if i wrote it i i might have actually some of these guys i wrote like sorry you're right i don't mean to cut you out of this conversation but that's all good i was just gonna say like i've been playing around uh doing a model that kind of incorporates the uh nerd side of things and then uh some people's film that i respect and kind of you know make this spreadsheet spit out some numbers that kind of make sense and honestly it has Eskridge at 16th overall. But again, I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. So <laughs> I don't know, but if I like Eskridge, when I watched him though, he, he reminded me a lot of like a, uh, LaVisca Chenault kind of player or like uh, in which like pro player, like a Cordell Patterson, which isn't good, but like that kind of like, that's just kind of his play style. Like he was like really big guy who's way faster than you think he's, he's, you know, he would be um, he's super athletic. Uh, yeah, they use him John, all over the field. What about a John Ross comp with him? No, I, that's not what I see with him. No. Yeah. It's just not the same. It's just not the same guy. Yeah. He's I kind of see. Bigger. Yeah. I see like an Iuke, but. That's yeah, kind of, that's kind yeah. of that's kind of where I'm at with it. I guess I, I was thinking more about just the pure speed factor, but yeah, I mean he has that, but he's just he can be used in so many because he's so much bigger and like physical, he can be used in many different ways and like out of the backfield, like Uriah was saying, and that's why I was saying Cordell Patterson and all those yeah. kind of things because that's just how he's played. But I like his upside for sure. I mean, you see where I have him, right? Nice. All right, we'll wrap this up uh, with a rookie pick versus Will Fuller. So they have rookie pick 109. As a 16 value, Will Fuller at 14.4. So let's call that like 111. Would you rather have 111 or Will Fuller? 111. Any first round pick, I'd take over Will Fuller personally. Uh, yeah, considering this year so deep between quarterback, running back, and wide receiver, and even tight end, there's a couple good picks in there. I'd probably take the 111. Okay. I agree. And also, uh, I think that was kind of a fun exercise because you get to see what this, you know, I don't know, a computer model that spits out fake values for players that we use in a fake game. And we could kind of see what people are actually valuing these guys at. And then we could kind of talk about, you know, how, how we feel about it. So, and also maybe also give you like some trade ideas possibly, you know, if people do live and die by a calculator, we identified at least one or two targets that like we can move these guys for based on their new current values. So I thought it was fun. Yeah. And it's, this, it's not just people who use this calculator. Like the the one thing, I mean, DTC does a good job of, and and most of these tools do a good job of is, is getting like what the general public thinks or what the average, you know, what the average value of these guys is. So while this might not be like what we think, and you know, it's, we, we are very opinionated and, and are very informed, but this is just not, that's not how everybody is. So this is a good baseline for like what the values yeah. actually are when you're going to go to somebody like that's more where they're going to see it than, you know, maybe what you're thinking. So, yeah, but it's just, you know, don't live and die. I never live and die by the values on these calculators, guys. Like just don't do it. Like if you like a guy more than what it says, then just be like, all right, never mind that. Like <laughs> I like that guy more. It's, it's just a good benchmark. It's, it just helps you. Like, it's just yeah. a tool you could use. Okay, yeah, but this this last thing I just wanted to talk about this a little bit. I actually saw something a, like a couple of weeks ago that really made me think about this. That um, a guest that we actually want to have on, who I will talk to about being our guest in the next week or two here, Shane Swagger um, of Rookie Fever and uh, like every other goddamn podcast that's out there about <laughs> Dynasty because he does like ten of them. Yeah, he's um, good. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he made me kind of think about this uh, and I'll just read the tweet that made me think about it. I, I took a snapshot of it, but it was, if you're a rebuilding team, you should be continuing to make your team better and better each week. Don't think you'll be able to tank for a few years and just instantly solve your problems. Uh, you don't see the problems unless you're trying to win competitive rebuild. Right. So, um, you know, th- you play to win the game. Like that's, you play to win this game. You don't play to rebuild. You don't play to take over orphans and make them look nice. Right. Like you, you play to like win the championship. So 
um, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot because I've had a couple of, I have one team I won and immediately went into rebuild mode, like, because I just knew I, it was, you know, I was lucky to win with the team I had. So I immediately went into rebuild and, um, and to my, you know, what I thought was like, wow, I don't want to do this more than one year. You know what I mean? I was like, I want to win. Like I want to win next. So, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about like a couple of things that I, you know, that I've thought about while going through that process of like kind of tanking and, and rebuilding. Um, and one of the things that came up to me uh, in that discussion of constantly trying to make your team better and, and, you know, in that, um, in that realm of things is, is depth versus production. Right. And like, I think in dynasty, you get lost in like having 30 players on your team, right. Or having just a ton of depth. It's like, you know, this guy could Mike Boone, he could break out, man. Like he could do it. He could break. No, he can't. No, he can't. Um, probably not. Uh, it's, it's probably not gonna happen. Could, could, could he, could, could he win you a, a, a fantasy playoff game? Maybe. Yeah, for sure. That could definitely happen. Like I've that, that that's happened. But for me, like I've gotten into the mode and I've talked about it and around it over the past couple of weeks, but of kind of throwing away the depth and kind of getting rid of depth and going more for, uh, top tier options, consolidating that depth into players who, who are going to get into my lineup for sure. Or, you know, the most of those that I can, obviously it's not, it's, it's easier said than done. You know, you can't trade John Ross and Van Jefferson and get a, and get a player you're going to start every week. That doesn't happen. Right. But it's, it's really about finding those opportunities where, you know, somebody who likes Van Jefferson, you can package him with a pick or, or, or a couple of those other players or whatever, and get, get that production because, you have all these guys just sitting on your bench, not doing anything. And at some point, you know, some of them do have value when they're young and you got to get something out of them. Like Van Jefferson is a guy who I really like coming out, but he's starting to scare me because they have, they're, they're getting more guys in front of him. And I'm seeing really fast that there might be no value there ever again. Like I might never get a third for him or anything like that. So it's like, I'm thinking to myself, do I, trade him for a third to maybe get a player who's actually going to be something like that, you know, a, a better option or package him into a deal and get something back. So those are the kind of things that I'm thinking about when I'm rebuilding right now. And like when I'm tanking, those are the kind of moves that I'm trying to, to kind of make to rebuild really fast and get back into, you know, get back into con- contention. Like that's, that's just kind of how I've been doing it. Um, and, 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 and kind of something I saw over the last year where I was like, wait, I don't need all these players like sitting on my bench or on my team. Like they're, they're not doing anything. It's funny. You mentioned uh, Van Jefferson. I actually just picked him up in two leagues for like a fourth round pick. Um, just cause I like his potential. I mean, he was a preseason superstar last year. That's and- my point right there though. You're, you're trading a fourth round pick for him. So his value is almost gone. Like right. it's almost nothing. But to, in my opinion, I rather have him with the potential upside with Matt Stafford versus Joe Schmo, who I'm picking in the fourth round. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. I hear you on that for sure. I see what to Billy, Billy's point, because I think uh, he's kind of speaking to me in our console wars. I have probably like six or maybe maybe even more like wide receiver twos. You know, like I have like Woods and, and Jarvis Landry and, and all, all those guys. I have, I have them all. And it's like, well, what am I doing here? Like I'm only going to start like, four of them maybe you know what I mean like so then I have like three wide receiver two sitting on my bench like what's the point in that like I should be trying to catch those and I really was it's hard to do let's talk about Landry I mean well I love Travis Landry he's like he's he's not in he's not in this all right forget about him I didn't mean to mention him (laughs) but no no I think it's a good point like I mean we we talked about like one of the one of the uh lessons learned from the 2020 season was having good depth, right? Because of injuries and COVID and all that shit. But to your point, what's the point of having those guys putting up points on your bench when you could try to consolidate them? And I think the part that's going to be hardest and at least hardest for me is when you are consolidating those, if you're going to trade a two for one or a three for one or something like that, you are going to lose value, right? It's, you're going to lose value, but you're going to pick up a, more premium player you have to be willing to you know put that calculator aside or whatever the hell it is because yeah maybe uh you know 20 20 and 20 is 60 but you're probably only going to get a player that's 50 or you know i'm just making up random numbers here but you're going to lose but i think in the long run what you're getting is a premium player that you're going to start week in and week out 
And so th there's a lot to that, that I definitely feel you on that. I definitely feel you on that. Yeah. And I think ways to do this, like just something that, you know, to, to harken back kind of like something that we're, we're talking about today that we can apply to this is like Kenny Galladay, for example, right. If you're trying to move on from him to a guy like Juju or something, and you have, you know, a team loaded with quarterbacks or, or running backs or whatever it is, like, you know, you, you can find some guys that, uh, that they may want, whether it's like, you know, a Drew Locke guy or something, you have a couple, you have a couple quarterbacks and Drew Locke's your third or fourth one. And you're like, well, you know, I can package him with Kenny Galladay and another guy that I have too. And this is now consolidating three into, let me go get like, you know, a Juju and a Josh Jacobs or something like that. Right. Where guy, some guys whose value is dropped right now, but who could, who are still young and potentially could be number ones at their position. You know, this is, this is what you're looking for, right? That's the way you do it. In my opinion. Um, because that, you know, there's no sense in having all these players, but at some point they're going to just be sitting there on your team and you're going to have to get rid of them somehow. Um, and, you know, there, there's obviously a, you know, a limit to this, obviously you're not, you're not going to get rid of all your, all your like mid tier players and, and your, you know, wide receiver twos and get like studs, but like there, there's a way to do this. And, and I think that that's something that I've really honed in on lately and, and been able to kind of take advantage of. I think, I think you can do it. I don't know. Have any of you done any tanking? No, not yet. Unintentionally. Uh, <laughs> unintentionally. <laughs> yeah, I lost okay. uh, Saquon Barkley, you know, week week two last year. But uh, uh, no, not on purpose. Not yet. Uh, I've always been a mid-tier or in contention. So uh, I say unintentionally because my tanking has always been due to injury. Like I was, I was ranked number uh, like four or five years or three or four years ago. I was ranked number one going into playoffs. I had Connor. And he got injured in that, the game right before the playoffs, I think it was, or something. And then I had no, like, no main running back one. So, I mean, yes, I have tanked, unfortunately, but it was all mainly due to injury. So, I guess the one bit of tanking advice, I don't have a ton of it because I haven't done a ton of it. Um, but, I, but I, like I said, I, there is one team where I took straight from championship to tank, like, immediately and trying to, to, to take it back. And one thing I did, and I think that, is a, is a good way to do it is rebuild around wide receivers, younger wide receivers and go out and get, um, you know, a couple guys that, you know, some people might not be as high on, but you know, that are definitely going to be up there in the top 24 range. Um, it's very possible to do and pick up, you know, and trade all your other assets for, for picks um, other than, you know, young quarterbacks. If you can hold on to one of those, then, then you're good. Uh, wide receivers. I don't know. They, they have that longer term value. So I like going for the younger running backs um in those drafts and and kind of working it that way that that's my advice for tanking hopefully i never have to take it <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully you never have to tank for real but um it, and, and when i say tank like obviously i'm not just sitting there like not playing any players like i'm i'm competitive but like i'm i'm literally actively all year when you're tanking like you can't let your sit your team sit there and i that was something i wanted to say too is you literally have to continuously all year long try to, to make trades and make your team better and grab picks and all that because, you know, just getting like the one-on-one, it's not going to help you enough. Like the one, just, just the one-on-one ain't going to do it. So you got to really work to make your team better. But, um, but yeah, yeah, that's all. Ideally, like this would be like a one-year turnaround if you're doing it right. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm trying to make happen. It's a two, three-year rebuild. Like, no, what are you paying dues in a league for two, three years for? Like, what's the return on investment on that, right? So It's not just that. You're not going to have fun yeah. doing that, to be quite honest with you. Absolutely. Last one. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? No, I think for this week, that'll do it. Definitely tune in uh, in two weeks for our off-season trade breakdown. We'll be discussing all the different trades we've each made and breaking them down. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Just FF, at Any Given Pod, at Willie Beamy DFF, at Josh Goldberg AGP. And make sure you look for our tweet about Manscaped and retweet the hell out of it. <laughs> awesome. Have a good night, everybody. All right, have a good one, guys. Peace out, fam.